Good morning. As we're gathering, um, I ask that you get your green, sing the journey, and turn to number four. Number four, you've got a place. Please stand. morning. Welcome to the first chapel this year. Hope that everyone had a great Christmas and we're all ready for this semester. Today we're going to talk about the different gifts that each of us bring to this community. So make sure you have a piece of paper. If you don't have one, make sure you grab one from the tables in the aisles. But first we're going to um, continue our tradition of passing the peace. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand up and greet each other. Tell them how much you miss each other and that they look good. And just acknowledge people around you. As you're heading back to your seat, we ask that you turn to number two in the same book, to Hambanati. Come walk with us. Why don't you stand again?
in the same book to number 64. 64, Somos el Cuerpo de Cristo. And on the second page, these verses are marked solo, but we're not going to do that. So you should sing all the words, even though there are lots of them.
My name is Gwen Gustafson-Zook. I serve as the Minister of Worship here at Goshen College. I recognize many of you and want to say, like a personal, a very personal welcome back, if I had, was sitting down for coffee. But since I'm up here and you're there, we'll just have to suffice for a kind of general welcome. Now last fall, we started out by talking about sowing compassion side by side, and many of you came up to the tables up here and wrote down ways that you wanted to be a part of sowing compassion. So I thought I would just draw a few, <laughs> see what they say. Uh, through sacred pauses with others and with God. Meet new people and bring people together. I don't know what I'm getting, I'll tell you that. Staying determined, music, friendship. I'm on a roll here, I'm gonna stop right there. We'd like to take this one, one step further this morning and ask the question, when we're talking about sowing compassion side by side, what is it about that side by side piece? And to get us there, I would like to share a story with you. This is a story that um, is a true story and it did actually really happen. I mean, lots of stories didn't happen, but they can still be true. This one is a story that is a true story that did indeed happen. It was January, six years ago, almost to the day. It had been uh, cold that morning when we left the holy city of Qom, the very conservative center for theological study and leadership in Shia Islam. We were in Iran. I was a part of a small group of people on a peace-building learning tour. Thinking that understanding and generating understanding is the first step toward peace building, we were in the process of listening. Before the two weeks were over, we would meet with lots of people, some common folk on the sidewalks along the river in Espan, in restaurants, and some very powerful people, the Ayatollah of Shiraz, members of the State Department of Iran, the leadership of the Iranian Red Crescent Society, and the head of the Iranian Council for Interreligious Dialogue, who happened to be Mohammad Razulapur's father, for those of you who were here in years past and know Mohammed. And we ended up meeting with a whole lot of clerics. Now people say, well, what are clerics? Well, clerics are the equivalent of a pastor or a priest within Christianity in Islam, uh, particularly in Iran, they are referred to as clerics or sometimes mullahs. Now, that morning we had traveled south from Qom to Kishan, the legend home of one of the three wise men who traveled from the east to Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. This was Persia ancient, mysterious, beautiful. And now having eaten lunch and packed up a minibus, we were traveling over the Zargos Mountains to visit the beautiful oasis city of Esfahan, which is on a river in the middle of the desert, and it is green and it is lovely. Some in our group 
We're familiar with the Zargos mountain range that we are traveling over, mostly because this was also the mountain range that housed the Nataz nuclear reactor facility, supposedly hidden pretty close to where we were as we chugged toward the summit of the mountain. But unlike the little engine that could, our minibus couldn't, and it died on the side of the road on the desolate, isolated mountain range an hour and a half outside of Esfahan. Silence covered the bus like quick falling snow. We looked at each other wondering, what happens next? Our guide, Professor Hagani, who was a cleric, and our driver spoke to each other in Farsi. The two in our group who knew Farsi well then passed the word on to the rest of us. We'd need to call for another minibus to come and get us, and that would have to be from Esfahan. It would be at least two hours before the bus got there. Now, the afternoon sun had begun to set. It might stay light for another hour, hour and a half, maybe, but it might not. Now, this group that I was with was a mixed crowd. There were three college students, two from Goshen College and one from Eastern Mennonite University. There was Doug Hostetler, the head of the Mennonite Central Committee United Nations office to New York. There were a few professors, one from Notre Dame, David Cartwright, who has also taught here at Goshen, and one from Eastern Mennonite, and the editor of the Christian Century uh, magazine. Bertha Beachy, a lifelong builder of bridges between Christians and Muslims. James, a young man um, coming out of the conservative and plain tradition who actually works at Mennonite.net, not far from here. And Wally and Evie, our trusted guides, having spent four years living in Iran, and two current Mennonite Central Committee workers who were out of the Quaker tradition, and myself. We ranged in age from 21 to 82, and our life experience was all over the map. Now, the prone to feel vulnerable part of me fought off thoughts of what might happen to us on this isolated mountain range in the middle of Iran. Meanwhile, some of those more adventuresome among us got out their cameras and started scanning the mountainside for anything interesting. I don't remember who saw them first, but someone on the left side of the bus pointed across the highway and said, look over there, there's something moving. Well, looking more closely, and with the aid of a super telephoto lens, it became clear that we were looking at a herd of sheep, looking an awful lot like rocks. Then Doug, the one among us with that super telephoto lens and a keen eye, uh, said, there's somebody over there too. It's not just sheep. And sure enough, if you squinted and looked hard enough, it did, did look like there was a person in the middle of the black and white and brown and gray sheep. Now, the younger ones among us, spurred by a sense of adventure, promptly got off the bus, while some of us, more mature, looked on fretfully. And within two minutes, or within minutes, the two college students, the Quaker MCC workers, James and Doug, 
were on their way across the highway, down the ravine, back up the other side of the mountain, on the far side of the highway. Those of us in the bus watched with a combination of fear and envy as they made their way beyond what we could see clearly. It was a good 45 minutes before the crowd enthusiastically made their way back to the dead minibus. The sun was now setting and the sky was beginning to turn from light to twilight. They spoke of the shepherd, an Afghani refugee working in Iran to earn money to send home to his wife and two children living in the war-torn land of Afghanistan. And of the way the Afghani shepherd had taken James's beard in his hand and kissed it reverently. The way the group learned that for this Afghani shepherd, anyone with a beard that long must be a holy person. <laughs> and they spoke of the chocolate bar and the way they had taken it and broken it, and how the Afghani shepherd had communicated via the MCC workers who had limited Farsi, and that was a little bit similar to Urdu, they shared the chocolate, though the Afghani shepherd had never had the likes of that Hershey's bar before. And so they shared it breaking chocolate on the side of the mountain, surrounded by a sheep and a mangy, energetic sheepdog in the Zargos Mountains of Iran. As my peers spoke, I thought to myself, what am I doing sitting on this bus? And I promptly grabbed my camera and, with two others still up for adventure, ran down the road in the direction of the shepherd who was now leading the sheep in an underpass under the highway toward their shelter for the night. Coming over the berm, the shepherd saw us and he smiled and waved. We asked if we could take his picture and he willingly obliged. We had some great pictures of he and his mangy sheepdog. <laughs> We bowed to him, knowing better than to offend him by extending our female hands to him, and offered him another chocolate bar, which he gladly received. He grinned, took the chocolate, and turned with his dog to lead the sheep home. I walked back toward the still-stranded bus, grateful that there had been some, some among us who had led the way with their adventuresome spirits and their undaunted enthusiasm. Appreciative that James had broken the ice with his long beard and that Rachel had willingly shared her bar of chocolate. Glad that Doug had had the sense to take his Polaroid camera with him when they left the bus to go see the shepherd and that they had taken a Polaroid picture of the Afghani shepherd and given it to him as a parting gift, having watched together as the image magically appeared on the three-by-three three square photo card. Thankful that the MCCers had studied enough Farsi to be able to find common ground between the Afghani shepherd's 
Urdu and the English and the local Farsi. Pleased that there were some who stayed on the bus, reassuring our guide that we'd be right back and not to worry. Night was falling as I reboarded the stranded bus, no longer afraid, but grateful for the opportunity to have this unusual and strangely meaningful encounter with an Afghani shepherd in the Zargos Mountains of Iran. The backup bus arrived. We loaded all our bags and settled in for an hour and a half drive down the mountain. Before long, we found ourselves singing, thanks, offering thanks to the new driver and the new, for the new bus. And someone asked uh, if I had to sing the journey songbook, you know, the green songbook that we're singing out of. And I said, well, yes, I do. I never travel without one. <laughs> and so I grabbed I Sing the Journey, and we proceeded to sing together for that hour and a half. Songs of faith, popular songs, folk songs, all kinds of songs. As we sang, come walk with us, the journey is long. The song took on a deeper meaning. This journey we were on was not about isolation. It was not, it was about each of us bringing what we had to offer and offering it willingly for the sake of the whole. It was about Doug bringing his camera and his stories, about James bringing his beard and all that it meant to him. It was about young people bringing their sense of adventure and older people bringing their wisdom. It was about MCCers bringing their Farsi skills and their awareness of the culture and Rachel offering her chocolate bar. And it was about me bringing songs we could sing together and about all of us joining together in celebration. In the first letter to the church at Corinth, we read these words. Now there are a variety of gifts but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. As you begin this semester in this community that's working at sowing compassion, what do you bring? Are you particularly energetic or thoughtful? Are you creative or skilled at analytical thought? Are you a glass half full kind of person or a reflective problem solver? Are you the one who always brings the food? or always has the coffee readily available for anyone who might stop by? Are you the bearer of chocolate? Are you the encourager or the challenger, the advocate or the one who inspires others? Are you the musician or the storyteller or the photographer or the graphic designer? I invite you to take that square piece of paper you were given when you came in this morning. And if you don't have one, feel free to um, put your hand up and the worship assistants will make sure that you get one.
And on that paper, I would like for you to write one thing that you bring today that's part of who you are at your core. One thing that might make this place, and indeed this world, a more compassionate place. Clearly, when days are dreary and light is dim, we are ever more dependent on those around us. To bolster our spirits, to encourage us to seek the common good. So quietly, and this would be like as in prayer, I invite you to write that one word down on the paper while Josh and Ethan and Sam play through a song. And after you have written that one thing that you bring on your paper, I invite you to just fold that paper in half. So as we enter this time of prayerful reflection, let's listen for the voice of God that speaks through you for the gifts that you bring this day. to recognize aloud the gifts that we as individuals bring to the whole community. We're going to do an exercise to pass the papers and then anonymously read them. So make sure your papers folded in half. While the musicians are playing, trade papers with the people around you. Every time you give someone your paper, you get theirs. You can move around a bit, but make sure you always have a paper in your hand. Keep trading with multiple people until the music stops. Thank <laughs> you. 
is one of the gifts that we have in the community. Fold the paper and keep trading as the music begins again. come here and gather together to worship you God help us realize the gifts that you have given to us help us see the gifts in other people that are in our community help us bond and unite and serve you together and become a compassionate community community for you God sir thank you for everything because yours is the glory and the honor God thank you for everything in the name of Jesus amen okay wait we're not done <laughs> We're going to sing another song in your blue hymnal, number 322, For We Are Strangers No More. We want to collect your papers so that we can know in a larger sense what, what gifts you have and wrote down and are sharing this semester. So while you're singing, please keep singing. We ask you to come and put the papers in the basket up here in the center. 322, For We Are Strangers No More. You should stand. Okay. <laughs> 
and beautiful gifts that surround you this day, willing to share what you have and to graciously receive the gifts of others. Go from this place empowered to make the world a more compassionate place, reflecting the goodness and the beauty and the love of God among us. Amen. Go in peace.